swords. It's surely illegal. Dad's with swords. Dad's with swords. It just shouldn't happen. Dad's with swords. Welcome back to Dad's with Swords, everybody. We have a living room full of the babies. We have a full house. A full house. Caleb learned to count. You gonna count for us, buddy? Three. He goes two, three, and woof, woof, woof. I think he's doing grill because he just likes to call two threes in between all of his movements. <laughs> so having a living room full of babies means there's going to be some uh, strange audio artifacts from us having to move the microphone out of reach and wrestle babies to the ground. So guys, okay. how's it been uh, this week for sorting? Oh, I haven't done any this week. <laughs> it's non-existent. Yeah. Yeah. yeah this uh, this past Sunday, we got a little bit of a torrential downpour. Uh, we were going to a family barbecue anyway, so I, I wasn't able to make class. But then the rain was just the extra icing on the cake. Uh, yeah, I lied earlier. I actually did go to that class. We just didn't we didn't do a whole lot of swords. Oh. Um, Rob was prepping for a, a demo still, so they wanted to review dagger and spear, which was fun anyway. Yeah. We had to go through some dagger and spear stuff. And we did a little bit of longsword at the end, but we didn't get any sparring done. So oh, It's kind of hard when you're in a, a public space like that, too. Exactly. <laughs> and there was, like a, I think, a Lions Club gathering or something like that, yeah. so we really couldn't have done anything. That's good. Yeah, but, you know, trying to at least keep up with thinking about thinking about training. What was that thing that we just watched? Forge and Fire. Forge and Fire. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Forge and Fire is an awesome show. But if anyone listening hasn't seen it, it's uh, kind of like Chopped, but for blacksmithing. Yeah. Well, for yeah. knife knife smithing in uh, in particular. Yeah. For girls out there, it's top model. <laughs> it's, uh, less drama. A lot more heavy set dudes with beards. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I like that show. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's, uh, as with everything, you know, it, it, there could be some room for improvement, but, uh, for, especially for, like, a History Channel show, it's doing a damn good job. Yeah. Way better than, uh, say, Ancient Aliens, or <laughs> Hitler's Greatest Blank, or Hitler's Worst Blank, Hitler's Secret Blank. You yeah, know. it's a little-known fact that BuzzFeed writers actually are, uh, pitching shows to the History Network. <laughs> You won't believe what Adolf did next. <laughs> the results may shock you. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're going to get so much dead air this week. We're yeah. tired, guys. You're really, really tired. tired. Caleb is not tired. Hey, oh. He's been treating Saul like a cat. Yeah. Petting him like a cat. Speaking of cats, our cat got a bird today. Our cat is a murderer. Yeah. I don't know if you're oh, about this, and a mouse. <laughs> she's been bringing us lots of uh, treats lately. Yeah, she's um, been at like two I'm or three mice, it. two or three mice a week. There, there's a like red light at the top of this microphone, and it's like candy to Caleb. He just can't <laughs> keep his hands off. Like but, a moth to a flame. Um, yeah, but she's been getting like two or three mice a day, and then today she decided to bring us um, a full, full-grown morning dove. Just deposit that on the porch. And it was uh, it was strange, because usually with the mice, she's very insistent. And she'll sit in front of the mouse, and she'll meow at you until you acknowledge it. And if you don't acknowledge her, she'll start eating the mouse. And then leave you whatever she didn't want. But with the bird, she dropped it. And as soon as I made eye contact, 
she just ran. <laughs> so I don't know if she felt that she had done something wrong or like violated some natural law for going after something in the sky. But it's safe to say that my cat's having an existential crisis and she's probably going to be depressed for the next couple of weeks. Yeah, it's a real testament to, uh, you know, thousands and thousands or rather millions and millions of years of uh, evolution and stuff where a simple house cat can come out to the country and she's in her element. She's just a murderer. Like yeah. She's a straight up hunter. From like a big fat cat to like <laughs> yeah. a lean sleek hunter in yeah. a year. Oh yeah. yeah. Not it's even like, the smartest cat. No, pretty <laughs> stupid. That I've ever known. Yeah. It's I like all I did in the city, I sat on a windowsill and I watched people, you know, walk by and stuff. Here it's like she goes outside and she's like king of her estate. Yeah. Queen rather. She was like she was terrible at getting mice in the house even. Like when we moved out here and we had mice in the house and her and we had Loki at the time would both hunt them all night but never successfully kill a mouse. Yeah. And then outside it's just more her thing. It was like that. You remember that um, awesome firefly line where they were bringing the cattle to a new planet or whatever and they landed on the planet and River was obsessed with the cattle and Jane was saying something about, oh, suddenly you're obsessed with them. You didn't care at all when we were flying through space. And she said something to the effect of, oh, they didn't know that they were cows there. Like, they were still cows, but they forgot. And then they saw the sky and remembered. Yeah. And that's what it is with Hera, is that she forgot that she was a cat. She thought she was just this fat, like, lump of furry pudding. <laughs> she probably thought she was a person. Like, she probably thought that she was just like us. Yeah. And just like... that she had to go to work. Yeah. And she didn't know why she wasn't going to work. So and that's then... why she tried to escape all. And then she remembered that she's totally allowed to kill things all the time with no repercussions. And so she goes and does it. Yeah. She was just like, oh yeah, this is my job. Yeah. Yeah, there may well be a mouse sitting there waiting for retrieval. I stepped on one the other day. That was great. That's pretty gross. It was, it was one of those like, moments. Yeah. Just, you could feel it. Um, I remember was, seeing it later, like, this is going to make you really grossed out, but it definitely had a little bit of your shoe imprint oh, in it. Oh, I can yeah. draw my shoes now. Yeah. Forever. What else exciting thing happened this week? Well, we had a, a pretty amazing event happen in Kingston. One of those once-of-ever events. Um, so some of you listening uh, might, well, probably are from Kingston or... At least know a little bit about Kingston if you're listening to three people from there. <laughs> um, but we had a local band here many years ago in the 80s called The Tragically Hip. And The Tragically Hip then went on to do 13 studio albums. Something and like that. I did all this research for work. This wasn't extra credit for the podcast. <laughs> uh, but they did 13 albums and nine of them got to number one in Canada. So it's safe to say they went from a local band to a pretty important Canadian band. And they did well internationally also. I don't have all those stats memorized. Yeah, I mean, there's there's what classic thing of if you're not the Rolling Stones, you must be a failure. Yeah. Um, they still did pretty good for, you know, local band makes it big. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the, the thing that I always said about the hip is you didn't necessarily have to own an album to be a fan because they were just so ubiquitous. They were always on the radio, um, thanks to our lovely, you know, CanCon rules. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it just meant that if you were driving somewhere and it was the summer, you know, it was a nice day, the windows were down, yep. chances are at some point in that, say, 20-minute trip, there was going to be a hip song yeah, on the radio. Yeah, there's 100th Meridian just came on. Yeah, exactly. Thing. It happens. It, um, I mean... I'll go back to that really soon because I had an experience that really makes me um, makes me recognize how true that is. 
So the tragically have to get back to our tale. Their lead singer, Gord Downey, was recently diagnosed with terminal brain cancer, and they ended up uh, deciding to do a big nationwide tour um, as sort of a, a final tour for the band, um, because obviously Gord's going to have to go into palliative care eventually. Um, so they did this tour, and they ended here in Kingston, so they did their final show of their final tour here in their hometown. And the uh, Canadian Broadcast Corporation, CBC, did an amazing, amazing thing where they uh, secured the broadcast rights to this concert and broadcast it on CBC and online completely for free, completely commercial free. And this is at prime time during the Olympics. They sacrificed airtime to do this. And it was broadcast to over 11 million TVs in Canada, uh, plus like 50,000 live streams online. And that's just individual TVs. And I know in our market square, there was something like 40 or 50,000 people oh, yeah. all watching one of those screens to see the show. Um, so it was good because I work in tourism. So I worked a very long, very stressful day because there was a lot of uh, chaos in the downtown core from those 40,000 people coming in. And then I got to just come home and relax and hang out in my bedroom and turn on this concert. And I said to Krista after the concert, very much what Brant just said, like, I never really considered myself a hip fan. I didn't necessarily own any albums. I, you know, knew that they were from Kingston, knew a bit of their story, but I, I wasn't a big fan. And then watching that concert, I knew every song um, because they had just sort of pervaded my life. If you're Canadian, especially if you're from southeastern Ontario, you've but definitely heard a lot of the hip. They're one of those bands that you just never really thought that they would ever go away. Like they would always be there, if not for you, in the air. And yeah, every song you'd know, and you'd, you'd recognize his voice immediately. Um, well, and like, you see them a lot in Kingston. Uh, at least Rob, at least, you see him here and there. I actually saw him performing at the Grand Theater when they did Jesus Christ Superstar. Oh, yeah? And he was the bad guy. I can't remember. I should know this. Judas? No. Pontius Pilate? <laughs> he, was, he was Pontius Pilate. Uh, and he... I want Jesus? He, he sang a very deep baritone, and I think it was a little bit too much for him. Um, <laughs> but, I, you know, he pulled it off, and it was, it was pretty good. And I think that's what drew the crowd in. Like, people just wanted to see him, you know, wearing a... A robe and did you guys go to that concert they did i think it was for like a was it a queen's frosh or something they did there across the causeway i went to that yeah i went to that it was awesome um did you go did you guys go I, yeah that was actually yeah uh, that was one of the first times we actually quote-unquote met oh yeah right i remember that because i was with my um ex and he was being not like he wasn't into it and he's being all exy he's being super exy and there was a a person that accidentally elbowed me in the forehead and he wanted to fight them and uh yeah it was a good show <laughs> a really good show i love those hallmarks of a good show yeah i still remember that one of the first punk shows that i ever went to in kingston i jumped into the mosh pit forgetting that i still had my glasses on and they got very smashed and i remember making up a story to my parents about how i had like taken them off to rub my eyes somewhere downtown and then they went missing and I don't know what happened to them. 
So then they just thought that I was absent-minded instead of completely oh, fucking you were, stupid. <laughs> you were 16 or 15 or something? Something like that, just, yeah. Just a baby. I went almost a year without glasses after that, too, because like we had to wait until Dad's insurance came up before I could get new glasses. Maybe it wasn't quite a year, but it was a lot. Like, it was all through the summer. I didn't have glasses. And I remember, it's cool you adapt to not having glasses for a little while. Like, you, you start to just see a little bit better, I guess. Like, if I take my glasses off right now, I can't see shit. But if I left them off all day, things would start to clear up a little bit as my eyes, I guess, stretch. You're but you then, don't need glasses. No, 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 but you're not listening. You're not letting me finish. Yeah. Because then, I that was the year I got contacts for the very first time. So I went to Costco, and they showed me how to put the contacts in, and I had the contacts in, and I had my new glasses ready in my pocket. And I remember on the drive home, looking out the window, it was like the very first time you look at an HD TV. It's like, holy shit, there's colors. You can see actual leaves on the tree. It's not just a greeny blob. So that was That was pretty sweet. Yeah, so anyway, I guess back to talking about the hip. Yeah. Um, it was a big event in Kingston. There was a lot of rumors being stirred up. My favorite one was the celebrity sighting of, I think it was like, Mel Gibson's going to be there, and the Rolling Stones are going to open. What is with this constant, like, Mel Gibson? It's, I don't it's, know. It's been this weird thing where it will pop up from time to time and be like, do you know that Mel Gibson has a yacht that's, uh, you know, in the Thousand Islands? And like I've, I've never heard any sort of right. verification or anything. That's because the the poker run was happening the same weekend. Right. Oh yes, yeah. Well, Mel Gibson was probably there for the poker run, and then just decided to catch the show. I have Makes to sense. say, I must have seen a lot of athletes. I want to say hockey players because there was a lot of attractive women with children around. Right. Like very, very attractive ladies with their kids and their kids had iPhones or whatever and just looking at them like, you're a hockey wife. Like, you have to be. There's no way for you not to be. <laughs> I think that's an inevitability when you have scalpers selling tickets for like $1,500 because they're dicks. You want people that can afford to buy them or, you know. No, I'm talking about the poker run. Oh, the poker run. Yeah, 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 yeah for run. sure. The this hip scalping situation was bad. It was bad. The K Rock did a super classy thing though. The the K Rock Center in Kingston that was actually hosting the concert, they secretly withheld a bunch of tickets. I don't know how secretly, but anyway, on the day of the concert they released these tickets and were selling them at just the book price, so at least some people got to be free of the scalping menace. So it's actually funny because Erica just is sitting behind us trying to wrangle uh, one of the babies. And she hands me her phone, and somebody actually took a picture that says, looks like Mel Gibson's back in town for his yearly Kingston fix. We get all the big names, and it's a yacht that apparently is under his name. So. Oh, shit. So, all right, Kingston. And we know it's from here, because Murdy Tower is in the background. You sure it's not Photoshop? I was going to say, it could be Photoshop. That's awesome. could be Photoshopped, or maybe we're the assholes here. Whatever. I'll take being an asshole. Um, I don't give a shit. We got Mac, Max Rokotansky in town, so. Who? Mad Max. It's his actual last name. Yeah. Oh. Alright. I'm a nerd. You know, Mel Gibson played Mad Max. Oh, whatever. I just, that went over my head. Woo! Zoom! I like the rumor of, of Justin Trudeau coming in, and that was true. Um, there was, like, snipers on buildings. Yeah. Yeah, all the, the Justin Trudeau, like... You know, people were really excited about it, and I'm sure there were a few people that were like, Ooh, "Yeah, oh, he's coming here, like eating my poutine. <laughs> he should be buying me poutine." 
you know, all the taxes that he charges me. Come to my town, eat my poutine. No way. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, like, he's got an important job. He's got a shit ton of work to do. Let him relax and come to, you know, see the awesome last concert of a great Canadian band. Like, just let him relax and be Canadian for a day. The thing, too, is uh, I'm fairly certain he's been on holidays because he's been spotted, you know, in the West Coast, you know, crashing weddings. Right. (laughs) But, uh, if anything, it's just PR, right? That's going to be half the job, too. Um, and I think a lot of the people who are just upset or rather butthurt about the whole situation, they're people who thought, you know, Harper was a good guy because all he did was, you know, sit in office somewhere and sulk. And when it was a public uh, situation with a recording artist, it was posing for, like, a photo with Chad Kroger. Or Justin Bieber wearing the dumbest shit I've ever seen. Embarrassing. You decide, Canada. Chad Kroger or Gord Downey. Yeah. You can't pick both. Well, it's realistic. Like, you could actually see, say, Justin Trudeau, you know, posing for a uh, a photo op or something with Drake. Like, that's not out of the question. That's very plausible. Yeah. Um, both their shirts off, please. Tick <laughs> <laughs> both of those boxes. Yes, I am objectifying. Yeah, for those of you who don't live in Canada, you might not understand that our elections are closer to, like, your Miss America. Yeah. <laughs> There's a bikini section, and they stand up, and they give little speeches and do talents. It's There's pretty cute. There's a baking section yeah. where they bake the best pie, mm-hmm. and, like, the singing section where oh, yeah. they, they both all sing yeah. the national anthem. Yeah, our national we like it. I mean, they have to like submit a resume first to say, yeah. I'm qualified to be a prime minister. And, and everybody texts to vote in. Yeah, a yeah. resume and a headshot. Obviously. Resume and a, no, but Canada, everyone in Canada texts to yeah. vote. Yeah, well, yeah. And it's like text 5545, and you have to, it's like JSTN. Yeah. For, and um, uh, OTHR for other guys. Yeah, exactly. Whoever he was, I forget. It doesn't, yeah. doesn't matter. Back in, like, when Chrétien was elected, um... He was one of our prime ministers. We didn't have cell phones, weren't really popular, couldn't do texting. Uh, So what they would actually do is you could just go down to like local like voting places like, you know, they normally have. But everyone would show up at once and the the votes would be calculated by a plaza meter, which is pretty sweet. You just, yeah, yeah. that's how you pick your PM. Yeah, it's pretty great. And we do this every... PM rhymes with BM. Don't forget that. Every four years, every how many years? Whenever we feel like it. Whenever, and then... You don't... Like, in, in yeah. Canada, it's just kind of like we're sitting around and a few of us go like, ah, we should probably have an election, right? And then we say, yeah. And it's kind of like a phone tree. And no matter where you are in the phone tree, there's just two people that you text to say we should have an election. And it spreads through the country until someone texts the PM at the end of the tree. Oh, see, I, I thought it was when they released all the white ravens from the Peace Tower. <laughs> oh, that, that's, a, that's a very common... Um, misconception that's actually that's how they start the montreal expo oh yeah. man our country is so rich traditions rich and cultural yeah you we know, got the culture of selfie sticks and um with those like fucking jet packs that you i think we take that I think, I think we take a lot of that from the states yeah well we gotta take it from somewhere yeah. we don't have any left we we jest and all, but like a lot of those options seem like way better choices. Of so much better forming government than say first past the post. <laughs> a lot of people were very upset with the hip show when Gord took his moment to address like political issues, like a lot of celebrities do. And people were like, "This should be about the music, man. I don't want to hear about your politics." And I don't want to. You know what? That's a dying man. 
up there, like, he can kind of do whatever he wants, and he did, and people, like, don't, I don't know, they got really upset about it. Yeah, people always get upset when politics are involved, and you shouldn't, because that's the problem with a lot of the, um, the way elections work. You've got two parties in the States, kind of three, four technically in Canada, but one doesn't get a whole lot of play. Well, five, you include the block. So that we have we have more political parties for sure, but there's still really clear, like, there's liberal and there's conservative. And you can't be anywhere in the middle. you got to be one or the other. And it's these guys are right and these guys are wrong. If you're NDP, you're a commie. <laughs> and if you're green, you're a pothead. Worse than a commie. green for marijuana. Yeah, politics doesn't work when we're just, like, picking teams. Yeah, it's like Pokemon Go. Three colors. Pick your favorite color. Guess what? Everyone hates you because you're not teamistic. Yeah, us. there's a crazy secret thing, especially here in Canada, where you can just vote for someone different if the person you voted for last time didn't do what you wanted but a lot of it's people, okay to do that a lot of people do that well i'm gonna vote for this guy so this other guy doesn't win yeah because we're taught that that's good for some reason yeah strategic voting what's up strategic let's, voting let's stop talking about politics right. this is getting silly well i just mentioned it because it's part of the hip yeah, it was. A little bit. It was a little yeah. bit. The thing is, like, the hip were never really a political band. Um, so oh, yeah. for, for them to, to, you know, use their final spotlight to uh, to shed the spotlight <laughs> <laughs> on, a, on a particularly, especially a nice, uh, a sensitive issue. Um, yeah. You know, it's uh, nothing wrong with that. No. They're not you two, you know, they're not crying all the time about bleeding heart things. They, yeah. they use this one instance to, you know, bring a little bit yeah. more focus to a very important cause. And, and you that, know that, um, like, Gord Downey isn't spending his, like, hip money on himself because he wears the same, he wore the same, like, goofy, goofy suits, like the, the shiny suits all the time, yeah. and his Jaws shirt, and, like, yeah, he just, he looks... And dressed like he was from Kingston. That um, that part where he was talking to the prime minister though was, was like, real. That was, and that was one of the really heartbreaking moments because he's kind of addressing Trudeau and he's kind of just addressing the audience. And he's talking about this issue and uh, he was talking about uh, at this particular point our um, modern Canada's relationship with our indigenous peoples, which isn't isn't great right now, especially not from a government level. And uh, he said something to the effect of, like, I don't really know what happened, but don't worry, we'll figure it out. And then he, like, paused and corrected himself and said, you'll figure it out. Oh, yeah. And everyone's heart broke in two. It was sad. It was really sad. Yeah. And, like, the three encores, my heart just kept, like, getting tighter and tighter of, like, they're going to come back and do this encore, right? Like, oh, yeah, they're back. And then they, they go away and be like, no, no, it's not over yet. Yeah. It was sad. But it's not, it's kind of like after the show, he just walks off into the, the ether and yeah, disappears. Yeah, breaks your heart one more time when he says, have a nice life. Holy shit. And yeah. And now, now he has to like, you know, they wrap up their tour and go back to their families and he has to start his like, you know, yeah. treatment. Sad. Sad. Super sad. Really sad. Um, yeah, a really important moment in Kingston. A lot of people came together. The market square was full of people. 
Uh, Kingston was pretty much shut down. Like downtown Kingston was shut down. There's twenty thousand people expected. No, they were expecting more... like between thirty and ninety thousand. Really? Oh, yeah. I don't. Numbers are I know. lots beyond me. Tens of thousands of people. We'll yeah. just say that, and then we're all safe. There are a few arrests. One of my favorite ones. Um, the arrest that was super Trailer Park Boys. Oh, this like so this good. happened in the Trailer Park Boys. Those of you who watch the Trailer Park Boys will remember this episode. It was two guys, two Montreal gentlemen, very young, twenty in their early twenties, um, tried to sneak in. They snuck into the K Rock Center and lived in a crawl space or some kind of corner, and they were caught. How many hours were they in there? Maybe overnight? I don't know. Yeah, I think it said they were in there overnight. Like, they were, like, 15 or 16 hours or something stupid. Yeah, they packed hard hats and clipboards, essentially wanting to pose as uh, staff members and behind a back of house. Yeah. Which is a pretty good plan. Which is pretty much what happened on the trailer park, boys, when they snuck into the Rush concert. Yeah. It it didn't have that good of an ending for them, though. They got arrested. Yeah, but, like, there's almost no way that these guys weren't watching the trailer park, boys. The day or like soon before they came up with that plan. They were sitting around, they were having a beer, they were smoking a joint, and they said, and they were watching Trailer Park Boys, and they said, that almost worked, and we're way smarter than those guys. Let's do it. And they would have got away with it too if it weren't for those meddling security staff. Yeah, how dare you do your job. Those guys doing their job. Yeah. Curse your competency. I think it was really weird to see all those Porta Johns downtown. Oh yeah, it's great because the little alley that I have to take to get into my office um, is right where all the the garbage and the grease trap is for a really great diner in Kingston. But you know, garbage and grease trap. And it's also the alley where everybody smokes. And then they threw down a couple hundred Porta Johns right there too. So that was a really uh, smelly day. But I think it, like... It was good, though. Yeah. yeah obviously, people, otherwise you would have people pissing in the streets. People were well-behaved, for yeah. the most part, which is nice. It's I nice think, to hear. I think Kingston Police reported that the number of arrests they had was pretty typical for a Saturday night. Like, it wasn't that many thousands of people, and everyone just did the proper, stereotypical Canadian thing. And they were just polite. Yeah. And they went home at a reasonable hour. Yeah. Looked at each other and said, have a nice life. Yeah. Oof. Well... Um, there was a big white board that people were signing, and I signed it. And it was really funny because looking at it, I thought someone was in charge of it, but it was clearly just set up and left. And people were passing around Sharpies, and they didn't belong to anyone. You just you would write something, and then you would turn around and like hold it out, and then someone else would take it, and you just kept doing that. I thought it was pretty cool. Um, at the end of the day, someone got a free Sharpie, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, what else? There was, uh, the market, uh, they were busy selling stuff during the show. They set up those big, the big TV. That was pretty cool. Yeah, it was very, it was very cool. Very, very cool to be that close to it. I was sad that we didn't go at the end, but, I, like, I was tired and dealing with this, Caleb, right here, that would have been awful. But again, CBC, amazing job because we watched it on our crappy rural internet. Yeah. On YouTube. Yeah. No problem. I think, like, it's one of those, like, once a year, CBC will, like, be like, okay, we'll, we'll pull something off. And I don't know. I think I think that CBC really showed the importance of having those those sort of national. Having a publicly paid yeah, broadcaster. Yeah, publicly paid broadcasters, exactly. Actually doing a public service. Yeah. yeah. 
it was, it was really a, nice after all that scalping yeah. bullshit. It's like, let's just say Global wouldn't have done that. Right? <laughs> yeah. A for-profit network, what? No, there was, a, there was obviously a slew of op-ed pieces coming out after the show, and the one um, that I remember trawling through or just kind of skimming just uh, was going on about how the CBC wasn't necessarily, uh, like, obviously they're doing a public service by doing something like that, but if anything, it was investing in, uh, you know, the public or yeah. uh, rather the, the, the newer generation. Yeah. Like, doing something like that, like, like blocking off, say, three, almost three and a half hours worth of programming just to show it commercial-free, no interruptions whatsoever, um, really just, that, that's astounding. Like... I'm trying to think of some sort of parallel uh, to, you know, say an American um, band or something that would, would, but it just wouldn't work because there's, you know, such a larger amount of people and obviously they, they cater to so many different subsections. The only thing I could see if it were like all of New England. Yeah. And yeah. if like Bruce Springsteen had, you know, liver something going right, on yeah. and he had like one final show or like. Bon Jovi for just New Jersey, or, yeah. you know, like it's it's regional, it's regional. Whereas the hip really are like maybe it's because we live in such a horizontal country, yeah. Um, you know, and obviously saying that we're ignoring our <laughs> our friends to the north, which is kind of the that's a and bad Mr. point. Downey's point. <laughs> but but we are such a, a spread out horizontal country um, that really you know because we we are so close to the border, it's it's easy for a band to travel from west coast to east coast you're going to hit all the major stops yeah so it's really easy whereas if you're a band starting off down the states it is regional like you can't you can't hit every stop unless you're a huge 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 band yeah i mean to put it into perspective that 11 i think 0.7 million screens uh that had that were broadcasting cbc for this concert we only have 35 million people in Canada, almost 36 million people in Canada. So even if one person is watching one screen, that's a third of the population sitting down watching CBC to check that out. And we know that there were lots more people watching individual screens. And I would be pretty comfortable to say at least half of Canada sat down to watch that concert. And that's pretty crazy. Like, can you think of a single American band where half the country, half of the entire United States would sit down all at the same time and watch that show? The only thing I could think of would be a bit like the Super Bowl. And let's face it, they're not tuning in for the halftime show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) So I don't know. I don't have too much more to say about that other than, like I said, I haven't always considered myself a, a fan of the Tragically Hip, but... Having been able to have that even tangential participation of, of sitting and watching that final show and getting to feel that emotion, I'll, I don't know, they'll always have a special place in my music library. Yeah. I like to say um, that Erica turned me on to the Rockabye Lullabies, um, and they did a hip one. Yeah, if you've got Google Play Music and yeah. you've got a baby. It's awesome. Check out the the Rockabye, um, what are they, Rockabye Lullabies? Rockabye is that Lullaby. Called? No. And, and Rock- if you were a giant. No, no, Brant, Brant's got the right one. <laughs> oh. um, actually, uh, there's Rockabye Baby. Yeah. Uh, they do Rock- quite a few of them. And then the other one is, uh, I want to say, Lullaby Baby. No. Ah, oh, damn it. The first one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> there you go. 
Anyway, if if I can find the way to properly link it on Google Play Music, I happily will. Uh, they're awesome. Like we put Caleb asleep to the tool one all the time. I've personally just put on the Nine Inch Nails one. And... Yeah. I like the Rihanna one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like the Metallica. I like the Lamb of God. I like the Rihanna. Yeah, but Rihanna. that way, if you're if you're listening and you're saying, "Oh, but guys, I want to try listening to this band, The Tragically Hip," but I've got a newborn baby at home, and the rock music will wake it when it's trying to sleep. You can just put on the rockabye version of Tragically Hip, get the melodies into your head, and then listen to the proper versions later. Yeah, you know when your kid moves out. Yeah, <laughs> and you're alone for the first time ever. All right, guys, it was a good chat. Yeah, next week we'll do talking more about, you know, being dads and having swords. Yeah. <laughs> Good night. Bye. Bye.